Hello and welcome to Cybercrime Investigations. The wild hunt for the WannaCry hackers with Jeff White and Glenn Goodman. In, uh, in previous episodes, we've been looking at the WannaCry cyber attack. Indeed. This, so the computers get scrambled by this virus. You have to pay a ransom to get your files back. The ransoms all go through this one wallet. Yep. I trace this one wallet to this guy in Croydon. Oh, I was really hoping it would turn out to be him. It would. I mean, that A, that would have made for a much shorter podcast. Yeah. But B, also, I could have got to him with an Oyster card. And, you know, that I just... Yeah, would have been useful. It would have been easy. And you'd have him on camera. Yeah. You had the cameraman there and yeah, everything. exactly. And so instead, I've got this... I, f- I managed to find out there's this person online called Eric Kelvin, who seems to be based in Nigeria, who has hijacked Reggie's company, set up all these get-rich-quick sites, and uses the Bitcoin wallet address on the get-rich-quick sites into which, or through which, the ransom money flows. So mm. I get talking to Eric. Eric then tells about his new get rich quick scheme and i look for his new get rich quick scheme and i find it being promoted on facebook by wendy what who wendy is she a real person yes wendy is a real see this is the thing eric wasn't real eric was just this hacker persona wendy is a real person, but I have changed her name. Her real name isn't Wendy. Are you sure Eric and Wendy aren't the same person? This was an interesting issue. So Maybe e- gender fluid person. Eric gives me ShapeShilt as the website that he's been working on, this rip-off of ShapeShift. Yes. I look for ShapeShilt on Facebook. Right. And I find I'll show you the this is a picture of the profile. That that's Wendy. Uh, for the uh, listeners, for the benefit of the listeners, Wendy is a very attractive young lady. She is very attractive. She's, she sports a variety of different hairstyles. And she's kind of cool. She's tattooed and she's she's always going out and she's kind of hanging out and smoking and drinking. And she's... And I like Wendy. She looks like the girl with the dragon tattoo. She really does. And this is the thing. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking... Well, this is a real person. I mean, so she's got a, a education background, a school she went to. She's got a location history. Yeah. She's got real pictures. So Eric's just got this these guys with like, you know, anonymous masks and stuff. Yeah. Guy Fawkes masks, and and all his friends are like, you know, hacker blokes. But but Wendy's got real. She's got real stuff. She's in real places with other people, and she's got a boyfriend, and you know, like. So she is an actual person. She then. is an actual person. Right. And I'm like, this is... Wendy is... Maybe Wendy is the person who laundered the money from WannaCry. Wow. So I start, That would make a great film. Wouldn't it? Wendy, the woman behind... Wendy WannaCry. <laughs> Wendy WannaCry. <laughs> That's the name of the film. Brilliant. <laughs> so then I start looking and... And... Wendy's real name is very distinctive. She's got a very distinctive name and spelling of the name. And obviously I've got her hometown. Yeah. So I start just Googling around like the name and the hometown. And I come across this police report. Mm. And it's her name. And it goes back a few years. She is discovered in amongst a few other people. She's reported missing by her parents. Wow. I think all family. She's reported missing anyway. And... and I kind of get the feeling Wendy's a bit of a wild child. Oh. Whoa. She's What's crazy. She? So she ends up being picked up 
by the police and in the place where she's found they discover several other people and heroin and methamphetamine and drug paraphernalia. Now, I don't, I don't know whether Wendy's ever charged with any of this, but she's definitely arrested as part of this roundup of stuff. Okay. So it sounds like things went a bit awry and she ends up with a bad crowd. But I'm thinking, well, that ties into the whole girl with a dragon tattoo Wendy persona, you know, tattooed yeah. wild child. Hacking. I know, I'm, I've, you know. And then I spot something in this police report and it's a name. Fiona. Let's say it's Fiona. I'm going to say it's Fiona. Okay. I've had to change that one as well because these two people that I'm talking about, they're, they're side issues really to the main thing. Right. When the police raid happens, when the heroin gets found, Wendy and Fiona are together. And I look at Fiona's name, and again, it's a distinctive name, and it just rings a bell. And I look back at Eric's profile. And at one stage, Eric is saying... I want to buy a Facebook profile. So he's on his own Facebook account, but he wants to buy somebody else's profile. Right. Which, again, I'm sort of amazed you can do on Facebook. Like, I would have thought Facebook would have a, you know, ban on people buying and selling Facebook accounts. But Eric's touting for this Facebook account. And a woman called Fiona pops up and says, I've got one you can buy. Right. And so I look at Fiona, and she's friends with Wendy... And I suddenly have this moment of realisation. Wendy isn't real. What? But you've yeah. seen all her photos. I and... know, I know. And then I go back to the photos. And yes, there's loads of photos, but they all stop at a particular point in time. From that date forward, there's no more photos of Wendy. New photos. And the date when the photos stop is exactly the date when Eric buys the profile from Fiona. Mm. Eric's bought Wendy from Fiona and hopped inside Wendy. (laughs) (laughs) So I think, well, uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. So as a last ditch attempt, I get in touch with Wendy on Facebook and I say, hey, you've been promoting this website, ShapeShilt. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm interested in finding out some more information about it. Can we talk? She says, yeah. I said, is there a secure way? Is there a way I can... Is there an email address or some secure messaging thing? She gives me a messaging address for herself. Evil heart at blah. That sounds familiar. That's Eric. Yes, I thought so. That was That's right. That was Eric, wasn't it? After all of this, I'm still talking to Eric. Amazing. But Eric's got a lot better looking since you last saw him. <laughs> Eric certainly had a facelift. I'll say that. Certainly had a facelift. Then I start looking back at Wendy's friends and suddenly I start to realise that you get quite good at spotting Facebook account fakery yeah. with this stuff. And I suddenly realise that Wendy's, Wendy's friends are really weird. Like your, your friends will usually be based in the same hometowns in country. Or there'll be a mix of ages and some family people. and you know. Yeah. Wendy's friends are all over the world. They have all got these anonymous Guy Fawkes masks on. <laughs> Suddenly, Wendy starts to look a lot less real. A good way to kind of start in spotting those kind of things is, have they got a single friend who has the same surname as them? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Quite often they don't. And yeah. then you're like, right, this ain't yes. real. So suddenly, I'm, I'm, I think I've got round Eric. I think I've got to the real person behind it. I think I've got to Wendy. I think Wendy's the woman who's laundered the wanna cry money. Yeah. And and it's all 
gone horribly sideways and I'm back to Eric again. The other thing I did is I went through Eric's Facebook posts. Yeah. And I tried to work out when he was posting. Yeah. Um, to work out like you know, what times are times in. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't easy. It seemed to be between 2am and 9pm UK time. Right. And I'm thinking, well, that would put him, if you think, like if you wake up at 7 o'clock in the morning, let's say, that would put him five hours ahead of us, which maybe the Middle East or perhaps could be India but then I mean, maybe he's just maybe he just gets up at 2am like maybe you know maybe he has a night job I don't know there's all these different assumptions sort of tying in yeah it could be a night watchman and then so we've got two clicks the computer gamer yeah who used the Bitcoin wallet address on his Counter-Strike Global Offensive gaming profile so do we think he's Eric as well don't know. You've got Eric, who has set up and promoted all the Get Rich Quick sites that have got the Bitcoin wallet address on. Yeah. You've now got Wendy, who is actually Eric masquerading as Wendy. It was all getting a bit... It was all just getting a bit out of hand. I wonder why he set up Wendy. Well, I suppose he thought... an attractive girl on a website would be a, a good front for uh, his scamming operation. And presumably if you've got a new scam in town, Shapeshilt, yeah. you don't want to have that under your old... Let's say people distrusted Eric from the past. You want to set up under a new brand, don't you? You want to yeah. like pretend you're somebody new. Okay. So I start um, mapping this out. Have you heard of... Have you come across the Obsession Wall? Have you heard of this term mm, no you know in films where there's an investigative journalist or an investigator yeah and they have a huge wall with, with all, all the strings on string it. red string between yeah. the with usually with a big circle and arrows around the person they think and lots of post-it notes yeah and yeah. maps yes and uh pins yes yeah why did he have one of them no <laughs> <laughs> then why are you telling me because i had one Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't quite. I, I I decided I needed to write all this down and try and spot the links that I'd missed. Like, so that's you, what you're did to you do. buy a big cork board for your house and then put this on it? No, I thought that was going for it a bit, and it was too. I wanted to hide all this from my wife. How on earth do you hide a wall? Well, I, I had a sheet of paper and you I was had mapping a, it. You all had out. a room bricked up in your house, <laughs> your secret room. You pull out one of the books, and the whole bookcase <laughs> would spin. <laughs> She still doesn't know about this. So, um, and luckily she's got so many books, she'd never find it, the ah. magic book. I I had a sheet of paper and I, I wrote it all down. And then the sheet of paper wasn't big enough, so I put two sheets of paper together. And then I sort of run out of paper. So I I opened up, we had, in the study we got wrapping paper. Right. And I thought, this is brilliant, infinite supply of, well, th- three metres obviously is infinite, but it's three <laughs> metres, it seems infinite when you... And so I got, and I got diff. Um, I'm not proud of this. I got different coloured pens <laughs> for the different people and the different. This is my blue Eric pen, <laughs> and this is my green Wendy. That kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for that. So I mapped the whole thing out, and that did feel good. It, it, it felt good to have it all down on paper, and there was definitely some connections to make, and it helped me explore things in a slightly different way. And then I sort of, I, I just reached a, a limit with it. I thought, I'm, I'm never going to get anywhere with this. So I rolled the wrapping paper back up. 
Uh, and this that would be about I think it was November time, December. So obviously Christmas comes. Yeah. You know, I'm a bit of a rush. I haven't got any wrapping paper. Thought, well, there's a roll. <laughs> I'll just use that. And I knew, I knew on the back of it was the lunacy chart that I created. Yeah. But I thought, well, sod it, they'll never know. They'll just unwrap the presents and, you know, it's, they'll just see the paper. They won't see, you know, the, nobody keeps the back of a wrapping paper. No. Yeah, my in-laws family do. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas Day, we open up all the presents. And one of them goes, what's this on the back? There's a chart here. And they start piecing the thing back together. And I have to explain <laughs> the obsession wall to the in-laws. It was so embarrassing. So embarrassing. <laughs> And then, Did you call it an obsession wall as you were explaining it? I'd, I only came across this terminology after I'd done the obsession yeah, wall. That's probably a good thing. I know. I think it was, actually. Um, so Christmas comes and goes. And I think I've still got to nail it. I've not actually nailed down who is behind this. And by this time, you, have you heard of the rising balloon dilemma? Have you come across this? Where mm, no. You, you, you're holding onto a balloon. It's lifting you up in the air. Uh, and you know you, you should go of... how long do you wait right. and the longer you don't decide the worse the drop's going to get yes actually as a trader you must know this that, this is financial trading isn't it like how long do you hold the balloon absolutely you've got a good point there it's I true know. it's like when you've got a losing trade for example how mm. long do you hold on well mm. more importantly actually if you've got a winning trade and yes. it's been doing really well but then it has like a what what you would call a temporary correction like, how long do you hold on to yeah. that trade? How long do you hold on until you decide this is not a temporary correction? Yeah. It's the beginning of a massive collapse. That is the trader's dilemma. You're quite right. I love that balloon thing. It's good, isn't it? The rising yeah. balloon. So I'd, I'd been... Really, I'd been holding on to a rising balloon, to, to a correction. I'd been, basically, I'd been correcting for about four months by this time. <laughs> Okay. Uh, and I sort of thought, well, I need to kind of either do something or do nothing. Right. On, I, I need to, I need to, I, I've got to either just ditch it or, what are you writing down, Rising Balloon? <laughs> I was trying to do it subtly so that it would not come across on this podcast. But yes. You've got to realise, Glenn, I'm here in the room with you. I'm I, writing I, a book about trading <laughs> and this is, this is good. I'm going to use this. This is great. Rising balloon dilemma. Should we have a dilemma. while you... Dilemma, the rising balloon dilemma. There you There's go. a book, isn't there, which starts with it. There's a... Oh, I can't remember the name, but I've seen the film, uh, and it's got Daniel Craig in it, and it's Enduring Love, I think it is. And the opening scene is a bunch of them who see a balloon lifting off a hot air balloon with yeah. someone trapped inside. Oh. So they all grab the side to try and pull it back down. Right. And there's this amazing moment at the beginning of the film, and indeed the book, if you're literally minded, where they're looking at each other and they see what's happened. Well, because they're all they're taking all off. Oh, and, no. But it's even worse for them because each one of them that drops off, the balloon rises quicker. Oh, no. So they, one of them gives up and suddenly the other re others realise what's happening. It's, it's genuine. It's a chilling, chilling start. Doesn't end well for one of them. Spoiler I should watch alert. that film, really. I, thought I avoided it because of the title. It just sounded a little bit mm. fey. Well, just watch the beginning bit. Sack the rest of it off. Okay. You know. Anyway, that is the rising balloon dilemma. Uh, by by, just after Christmas this year, I'd I'd by New Year, I'd been on uh, the rising balloon, and the drop was getting worse. And I just thought, I'm going to give it. I, I thought I'll give it one last punt. So I got 
I've got all these Bitcoin get rich quick websites, right? CoinFX Pro, Coin Profit Zone. I've got about a dozen of these sites. Yeah. And I've done um, what's called Who Is lookups on them. So you, Who Is is the registration for websites. So you can say, okay, here's a website. Who registered it? Mm. And obviously a lot of it's just fake. But these websites were registered, you know, using what looked like real details. Yeah. Problem is, a lot of them were registered using this guy in Croydon's details. Okay. But I start putting these registration details on a, on a grid. Mm. And then I started ordering them in order of when they were created. And yes, the more recent ones were using Reggie's details. But as you go back in time and you look at the older and older sites, you start to notice they're all using one email address. I don't know, Cointrader at Gmail or whatever it was. Yeah. So well, how many other websites have been registered using that address? So I did what's called a reverse lookup. So you look up, give me that email address and show me all the websites listed under that email address, registered to that email address. Okay. And I start going back through them, back in time, back in time. And I discover one of the really early ones is registered, not with the Croydon guy's details, but is registered under the name Danny Kuzo. Address in Nigeria and a Nigerian mobile number. Mm, that's and useful. Danny Kuzo starts to ring a bell. Way back, right at the beginning when I started investigating these Get Rich Quick sites, I came across a blog that had been written about these Get Rich Quick websites, one of them in particular. And I don't this... want to preempt because obviously I don't know how it's going to turn out mm. with Danny Kuzo, but mm. you do, do you realise that that's an anagram of Danny Zuko, the main character from the film Grease? No, didn't occur to me. But usefully, that's not Danny's real surname. Well, exactly. So I'm thinking if that's a pseudonym, then mm. it would be quite a coincidence if he had just made up Danny Cuso randomly. That is very true. But fundamentally, it gives me a mobile number. Uh, yes, that's more important than the anagram. <laughs> Carry on. This is the skill of an investigative journalist, Glenn, is to... Is to <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm digging out Grease DVDs. i got to watch, got to watch it, sing the songs. Creating an obsession wall of the T-Birds and the Pink Ladies. <laughs> so I'm looking at Danny... Danny Cuso writes this blog. Yeah. And it's full of, you know, I made loads of money. If you want to make loads of money, go to this site. And, and Danny Cuso's got uh, YouTube videos and he's got a, he's got a, a Google Plus account. He's, he has a re and there's real pictures of this real person in, in Nigeria. Yeah. And I just, I don't know why, but I discounted him at the beginning because he just didn't seem part of the picture. Yeah. But he set up one of the very, very earliest get-rich-quick trading sites. From what I found out about him, it's his email address, it's his mobile number. Okay. So... Dare I ask, did you ring the mobile number, Jeff? I did. But before I called him, something weird happened. Right? What? I got a Christmas message from one of the websites, the Get Rich Quick sites. What, just an automated message? No, very personal. I had made a test investment. Do you remember I put like 10 quid? Oh, into yes, yes, that's right, 10 quid. And as a follow-up, I had emailed them... And said, look, I put 10 quid in. What, what, what happened? Why didn't I get it back? Where's my double money? Where's my double money, which you guaranteed? I get this message from them saying, uh, Christmas greetings to you and your family. 
Um, we Aww. wish you. And you've got That's to realize, lovely. It is, isn't it? It's sweet. <laughs> it's worth ten quid. It's, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> At this point, you've got to realize Bitcoin is surging. This is this was the sort of pre-Christmas massive boom. Uh, yeah, the great boom of 2017 yes. when everyone's grand was buying Bitcoin. Yeah. Did you did you did you cash out? Did you profit from that thing? Or, yeah, or, really. Well, that's partly why I'm writing the book. Uh, I'd feel a Cause bit because you, you can afford to do nothing else. Well, I'd feel like an <laughs> imposter if I hadn't succeeded with cryptocurrency and then wrote a book about trading. But I did succeed. Yes. Well, no, I succeeded because because I've got, you know, almost 20 years trading experience and I knew mm. what to look out for. I knew how booms and busts work because I've lived through them in the yes. past. And this was no different. So, yes, I made a lot of money yeah. uh, during 2017 and I got out with, uh, with a, a large amount of profit. Which is good. Yes. Can you describe for the listener how smug my face looks right now? It's um. Wow, that is a you've gone you've gone full smog. Excellent. Anyway, so I get this Christmas message from the Get Rich Quick sites. Yeah. Saying uh, Christmas greetings to you and your family. Now's the time to invest. Yeah. So this is a window back into their operations. So I, I message the guy, he gives me his his mobile number, he's on WhatsApp. Yeah. He's called Patrick. Right. He's there to help. Okay. So I go back to Patrick and say, Hey, thanks for getting in touch. Uh, you know, I'm still keen to find out more and maybe to invest. By the way, have you still got Eric Kelvin and Danny Cuso working for you? Because they seemed like they knew what they were doing. Yeah. And he says yes. <gasps> so I start looking for Danny Cuso. And I find the Facebook profile. Real name, Daniel Chukwudi. He is based in a place called Asaba in Nigeria. Right. And Asaba just rings a bell. And I go back to the websites that have been created using that particular Gmail address. All the Bitcoin Get Rich Quick sites. And there's one website that doesn't fit. It's not about Bitcoin. It's completely unrelated. Right. It's a fashion design business. Yeah. And it's based in Asaba in Nigeria. (gasps) Same place as Danny Kuzo. That can't be a coincidence. It's a heck of a coincidence. Next job, contact Danny. And that is the point where I get face-to-face with the guy who, as far as I'm concerned, has either knowingly or unknowingly laundered the money from the WannaCry cyber attack. Wow. I'm in a WhatsApp chat with him. Wow. And, and, and you're pretty sure it's him? Yeah. Well, you know, look, I, I, I've... I've as I found out all of these get rich quick sites that have the wallet address on them, yeah. where the ransom money goes through. Yeah. I trace it back to Eric Kelvin. Yeah. I then trace back the websites and who they're registered to, and I get back to Danny Cuso. Yeah. And of course, the first question I put to Danny Cuso is Did you run Coin Profit Zone, CoinFX Pro? And what did he say? Yes. Wow. Next question. I looked at your wallet on the sites. That's a lot of money. All your money? He says yes. Right. We're there. Come on. This is it. Okay. Well, did you put the, the accusation to him about the wanna cry? I certainly did. Oh, and what, <laughs> what did he say? But before we get to that, Ugh. hmm, something goes wrong. Oh. Yeah. 
I should have known because you told me at the beginning this didn't have a happy ending. <laughs> I should, it's called cool when journalism goes wrong. Yeah. Like, yeah. I should, shouldn't be getting my hopes up, really, should I? So, I, I tried to sell the story to a newspaper. Okay. And they had the very sensible suggestion of involving a Bitcoin forensics firm. Right, yeah, good idea. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, there were, there were, it's quite a... There are a few firms, not a handful of firms, really, that do this that I've found who are good and competent. And frankly, not many of them actually want to deal with journalists, <laughs> in my experience at all. Okay. Probably because they're making enough money from dealing with the FBI. You know that that's who they, that's who they want to deal with. Yeah. This one firm, good firm, very reputable, and so I give them my maths. I give them my working out. And I say, there you go, I've traced it all back. Go, all goes through this wallet. All the ransom money goes through this wallet. And they say, yes, we agree. And I say, well, I can tell you that wallet is. It's this bunch of get-rich-quick sites, and they're all run by this guy, Danny Cuso, Dan- Daniel Chikwudi. And they went, no. What? Yeah. They said that that wallet that I'd found, where all the Vanacry money washes through, is actually run by a Bitcoin exchange called HitBTC. I know that exchange. That's a very big exchange. Is it? Yes. Right. When you say big exchange, what... Well, as in it's uh, it's one of the world's leading uh, cryptocurrency exchanges. Huge amounts of money go through that company. And that's interesting because the Bitcoin firm who checked the figures said their impression of this... Bitcoin wallet was that it was one of the company's own wallets. It was sort of a, a clearing wallet where they moved money from place to place. Okay. So they said, look, you, you, you can't say that the Nigerian guys, the Get Rich Quick sites, run and own this wallet because this wallet will be under the control and the ownership of HitBTC. But if that's the case, then how come your trail led to these various... Uh, shady individuals. There is two explanations here. One explanation is that the Bitcoin analysts are right and the Nigerian guys have just grabbed this wallet from just somewhere. They found a wallet that's got loads of money sloshing through it and have said, this is ours, this is our wallet. But why would they want people to put money into somebody else's wallet, into HitBTC's wallet? They're using the wallet to give their get-rich-quick sites the impression that it's handling a lot of money. When you actually go to the get-rich-quick site and you pay the get-rich-quick site, they give you a different address. Okay. Yeah? So when they're saying you can get rich quick, you can double your money in a couple of days, if I actually give them money to invest, they say, oh, don't put it in that wallet, put it in this wallet over here. They're effectively using the big, chunky, wannacry ransom money wallet to look as though they're dealing with a lot of money right okay so we can forget eric we can forget wendy we can forget danny zuko and the rest of the cast of greece and move straight on to hit btc btc which is option two maybe the analysts are correct and maybe this is hit btc's actual one of their wallets okay so the next phone call is to hit btc Uh, Their website lists them in a couple of different countries. And I should say one of the questions I had for them was, where actually are you headquartered? Yeah. Where is this company based? They declined to answer that question. I mapped out to them 
the uh, allegations and I mapped out to them that, you know, I traced the money and it went through this wallet and a company had told me it was one of their wallets. Yeah. They declined to talk about who owned the wallet, who controls it. What they did say was they have introduced money laundering controls on HitBTC to prevent people using their service for criminality. And that was as far as they went. Just for interest, I did also approach Danny Cuso, Daniel Chikwudi. Yeah. And I mapped out again all of the allegations and I said, look, this is the tracing that I've done. You have said that you're in charge of these websites and these websites say that you own this wallet and this, and you've confirmed to me that it is your wallet. What do you say to this? That, you know, the, the, the money seems to have gone from WannaCry through your wallet. He declined to get back to me. <laughs> so Eric he just Kelvin, didn't reply to your messages. After Eric Kelvin, that. no response, Merrick Kelvin either. <sighs> Did you keep trying? I kept trying. I've been back to them a couple of times. <laughs> so I'm now in a position where I don't know. Is I mean, there, it does seem. Is there nothing further you can do with Hit BTC? Uh... I've asked them, I've put the stuff to them. They've come back with their response, short of, you know, breaking in and, I don't know, holding them to some kind of hostage situation. No, they have a black box. I don't even know where the company is based, Glenn. They won't even tell me where they actually are. They've just got these addresses on the site that may or may not have offices. Are there any other um, legal channels you can go through? I mean, you know, are there any law enforcement agencies that you should be telling about this and saying, look, I think HitBTC may, according to this Bitcoin analysis firm, mm. be the owners of mm. the wallet that contains the WannaCry money. Yes. I mean, I've initially went to the National Crime Agency with the tracing that I'd done and told them about it. Now, I, if I found out, you know, I've been told it's HitBTC, um, presumably the National Crime Agency has as well. Have they found out where they are? I don't know. I'm just... What did they say when you when you approached them about it? Thank you for the information. We'll stay in touch. So I'm trying to reconcile where I've ended up. As you can see, this is the bottom of a very deep, very big hole. Yeah. What have I learned? I've learned actually a huge amount. I've learned, I've learned tracing Bitcoin. Yep. I've learned how computer game buying and selling and all that kind of thing I've learned how to skins skins I've learned how to track down the servers computer gamers play on I've learned a huge amount about spotting fake Facebook accounts and I've now got all of the evidence about all these get rich quick sites that have popped up but I mean let's face it it's not a great place to end up this is what happens when investigative journalism goes wrong happy now I would be happier if it had a happy ending, I guess. But, you know, not everything has to be like Hollywood. You have learnt some valuable lessons. And mm. that's, that's another thing that Hollywood likes, people learning valuable lessons. Yep. Um, I, f I think this is fascinating because, as I said at the very beginning, usually you hear about investigations like Watergate or whatever when they end in some big bust and then the journalists are heroes. But what you don't hear about... The little guy striving for six months, going through all kinds of hoops, mm. trying all kinds of innovative ways to get information. You talked about reverse searching. I don't, mm. I'm going to ask you about that after the podcast because I want to learn how to do that. <laughs> and you tried every trick in the book to get 
to the bottom of it yep. and you didn't but this 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 is why these kind of lessons are so crucial nobody writes books or makes programs about failing failing badly and the lessons that you learn from failing but it is so important every thought leader will tell mm. you that failing repeatedly yes. is the way to success yes. so this for you dear jeff is just a stepping stone on the way to your inevitable success oh you're breaking my heart That was Cybercrime Investigations, the wild hunt for the WannaCry hackers, with Jeff White and Glenn Goodman. On behalf of myself and Glenn, thank you for listening.